When the credits start rolling, but the movie keeps haunting you. Before, after. Then it's time to tune in to Dismembering Horror. We'll talk about what worked and also what didn't. We'll dissect every aspect. Maybe someone we shouldn't. He turned out to be a completely unreliable asshole. Take it away, boys. Hello, Tim. Hello, Ryan. And hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being here to episode 186, as our lovely introduction friend <laughs> just let you know, 186 of Dismembering Horror. And we are also joined today by another very, very special guest. So let me introduce her. She is the founder of the Mesoamerican Gastronomy Foodery, Alchemy Organica, and it's Magic with a K sister service, Alchemy Botanica. Her and her food has been featured in LA Weekly, Voyage LA, and the New York Times. Here is the Bruja Mas Muha <laughs> artist and chef, Denise Vallejo. Hello, Denise. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Great. And today we are all going to dismember Prey Together, the new Predator film. They're all long awaited. Here we are. <laughs> are they? <laughs> <laughs> Been a lot now. All right. Well, Denise, to get to know you better, we'd love to hear uh, anything else <laughs> that I missed in my broad strokes there about what you do and how about also uh, what uh, what's your relationship to, to movies and horror movies and all that jazz? Um, I am a uh, mistress of the dark. So I, I love horror movies and I'm I'm so glad that you guys invited me to this. Uh, thanks for that. Um, I also am a fan of the of the Predator films and um, and also the the crossover that I finally got to see the the Predator uh, Alien because I've been more of an Alien fan, but now that I've seen the the Predator versus Alien, I don't know. I kind of feel like I'm 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 going for the Predator films now just because. I love to see the way they were fucking shit up. Um, but yeah, thank you uh, for covering the the bit of the magic with a K because I think a lot of people kind of miss that that part. It isn't your par <laughs> your parlor tricks or your uh, you know sleight of hand David Copperfield stuff. Uh, we just make things happen uh, through will and uh, ceremony. So. Um, th yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> of course, D good distinguishment. And uh, what do you like about horror movies? Um, I guess it's something that's probably culturally ingrained in that, like, uh, in a lot of, well, in Mexican culture and in indigenous cultures, we are, we, we dance with the dark, you know, we have a relationship with, with death and, and a lot of the things that would be considered morbid or, 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 uh, I guess taboo, a lot of indigenous cultures really are responsible for the influence of horror film as we know it, right? Like, uh, it's, it's, it's deeply embedded in the cultures. You think of like zombies and voodoo and all these different things. So, uh, it's just like in my DNA, I've always loved horror films. Uh, I've been traumatized by watching the exorcist probably too soon. And, uh, you know, even, <laughs> even like, uh, when you think about like, uh, Catholicism and like, you know, different religions that have, uh, impacted indigenous communities, like they're kind of creepy on their own, you know? So, um, there's just like a, a close relationship there. That's just in, in the bloodline, I guess. 
Great. And how about, I won't ask you for your favorite uh, out of all, but how about a favorite horror film? A favorite? Um, Man, you know, I just recently saw the, the reboot of the Susperia. Oh, um, I thought it was great. I loved <laughs> yeah. it too. I loved it. It was so good. And I, you know, I love the original one. So um, that one really surprised me. And I, I actually watched it while I was like on mushrooms, which was oh kind God. of the worst, but also the best. I don't know how you can get through that final scene on mushrooms. My God. It was brutal. <laughs> it was pretty brutal. God. But yeah, I, wow. I, I, I thought that that reboot was great. You're uh, much braver than me. I uh, I don't do much beyond concert <laughs> films or like Freaks and Geeks or Super Mario right. Brothers movie or... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, happens to be a long list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, boy, man, I could just ask you all about that. But, uh, but all the same, nonetheless, we have a specific film to talk about today that is not that film. We're here to talk about Prey from 2022. So let's jump into that with our trailer, directed by uh, Dan Trachtenberg, who did 10 Cloverfield Lane. Solid film with a screenplay by Patrick Asen. Sure. Okay, great. Here we go. Prey. Why do you want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. I saw a sign in the sky. I'm ready something out there. I'm coming with you. You can't. I'm trying to protect you. Protect me from what? It's time. All right. And after the trailer, we like to move on with our ratings per our rating system. Our special guest, we'd love to know, had you not seen this film before, what would you tell yourself regarding this film? Would you tell yourself to avoid, stream, rent, it was worth worth paying a few bucks for, or just go ahead and buy Prey? Uh, it's worth a stream and possibly a rental. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it, but it wasn't like a must, a must-see. The I think the best part is just to see um like native american culture depicted in in a more or less authentic way with an actual cast that's indigenous that's like a highlight to me so um just because that i hold that kind of close to my heart and uh, that was that made it worthwhile to see and and i think to even rent okay so a rent great i'm pretty well agree i think that it's it it's not doing a couple things as like a film that keep it at a stream for me but i agree completely with with your points it it is it's really nice to see you know indigenous culture like 
as the lead and depicted, you know, as accurately, I think, as as they could. It seems like they were, from what I've read and stuff, doing a good job and, and trying to, you know, do it well and, and with, with, you know, respect and all of that. So I was pretty into it. Um, like, if it were just on, I would probably keep it on. Um, but yeah, I, there's certain little things about it that I, I, as a predator film, it didn't quite, I almost wanted it to not be a predator film, I think is where yeah. I'm at. Um, so we can talk about that later, but I'm still a stream. All right. I am a, yeah, we almost kind of have ratings within our ratings too. <laughs> I am a, like, this is the standard for what streams should be like a fun, like, you know, well, Sunday night I watched it on, but Friday, Saturday night, it's worthy too. Um, just like what should be our standard where I think what, yeah. what, uh, director is really good at is just like, just make it all like click and be, and just do what it's supposed to do. Totally. <laughs> you know? So for that, uh, not, not a meh, just stream it, but a yeah, no stream it. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, exactly. yeah. Cool. It had a lot of the elements, you know, that you want from from that franchise and and a, and a little cherry on top. Cool. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, we'd love to hear from you as well. Uh what was Prey? What was this film and how could you how would you summarize it for both to get us on the same page who have seen it, which we hope you have as the spirit of our show as well as for anyone who hasn't, which you're just as welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, basically, it's about the uh, a Comanche tribe um, in the plains, and this is around what, like seventeen seventeen hundreds, and they're more or less like isolated, untouched, and um, uh, you know, there's there's their own like folklore about different different creatures and beasts and things, and this young this young girl, she's trying to prove herself. Um, she's uh, kind of like breaking. Uh, gender roles she's she's a medicine woman and there's different things that are expected of her in her culture but she just wants to do more she like sees more for herself and she is set to prove like that she can be this great warrior and an opportunity comes and um and she basically more or less proves herself worthy of of that title of warrior um and uh yeah, that's that's more or less it, I would say, and and uh, I just love that there's an indigenous cast like it, that. That part is is super cool to me, and uh, and depicts these rites of passage that I think you know are are necessary in any any young person's life, and it's just uh, under different really scary circumstances that we don't have in modern times. How would you describe these circumstances she's in? What is her plight? She has to uh, basically rescue someone from like a a mountain lion and uh, like heal someone that know all this knowledge of like plant medicine and and survive in in the wilderness, you know, um, things that we have all these modern comforts. We don't have to think about those things. Uh, um, bears and shit all kinds of stuff really it's it and then to know like how to how to wield an axe and build tools and and weapons and things like that like uh you know like basic uh 
apocalyptic stuff that we need to be learning now, I think. <laughs> so um, I think there's an inspiration for, for the times that may, may await us soon. <laughs> Great. Well, what I mean, that's, yes, her day-to-day, I love that. I was getting at, though, uh, the Predator, specifically. <laughs> what sort of monster, how would you describe? Oh, man. Well, I mean, if you're not familiar with the franchise, the guy has, like, all this technology. Um, well, there's, I guess there's different forms of them, but, um, you know, you've got, like, uh, thermal, uh, thermal vision, um, uh, cloaking technology, camouflage cloaking technology, which, you know, even indigenous indigenous cultures figured some of that out, right? You know, you did learn, learn how to blend into to your uh, environment with uh, war paint and different things like that. So um, there's also um, crazy, like, swords and daggers and all kinds of uh uh, ninja star looking stuff and <laughs> I mean that the guys that guy is is intense and 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 then and then that glow that glow in the dark uh, blood that that's that's one of my favorite yeah. little things the the KY jelly glow stick uh combination that's <laughs> that stuff's always funny to me that uh makes me really happy hearing him referred to as uh that guy um yes and uh for context too uh i want to add uh he's um that guy uh what he's doing there it's it's always like in the predator movies they're on some like ritualistic rite of passage on their end that is rooted in uh how many kills can you get and can you survive along the way yeah it leaned in a little bit more maybe than i felt like the previous ones on this notion of like it seemed like this predator is like this is their first rite of passage like hunt and they're going through different animals to sort of find which one is the top prey to hunt like i don't feel like that was exactly or explicit in the other films um so it's nice because that kind of puts that pre- this predator and the lead character in similar orbits, right? Like they're both on kind of their first major, major like hunt mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or whatever you would call it, rite of passage. Yeah, this form of the predator is like a little more primitive looking, right? Like his... His yeah. his technology is like not as advanced as the the technology that you see in the in the um you know the the films that we already know because this is like a, pe- a prequel, and um and um like you said like trying to learn the lay of the land and find like the ultimate uh, prey right the ultimate challenge because that's their thing is to is to find someone that's worthy or find an, a creature that's worthy to hunt right because they're not just gonna just hunt any old thing they want that challenge that's the like in the other films where they got to like mark themselves for every kill or whatever you know to to gain their their uh their marks or their trophies and whatnot yeah great i feel like that sums it up and then oh i mean and then she wins at the end and it's great of course yeah <laughs> of course it's just what we want. <laughs> all right uh so i think with that we can move on to our first big section here here we go what worked what worked what worked for you? It worked like a charm, Smith. 
Well, I, I guess just sort of continuing what I was saying, like, I think it's really smart to and, and not exactly like the other films. So they're doing their own thing with this, right? Like by having it be an indigenous culture and, a, a, you know, uh, a lead that is attempting to prove themselves to their uh, their people and having the antagonist, the, the monster, also essentially on the same path, right? Like this is a rite of passage for the for the predator as well, I think is a really smart and good setup so that we both with like we all kind of go, okay, great. These are our adversaries. They like we they're on not maybe even ground, but the same ground, right? Like they're both going after something that's important to them. Um, in the past films, it, I don't feel like I, that was really the case. They, there were sort of other, you know, plots to the other films. Um, but I love that that's what this one is. I think it's really cool. And in a way, we we get to see both of them, the protagonist and antagonist, go through the journey of figuring out, like, how to win out in the end. Like they're both learning as they go, which I think is actually somewhat rare. Like so often we see the predator to just show up and they're they they're amazing at everything and they're they're the bad guy, they're the monster, and you can't really conceivably stop them. In this one, it feels like the predator is is learning as it goes along as well. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, they're like mirrors of each other. Definitely. There, yeah, this like duality thing is kind of going on. All It's already wrapped up in her character, right? Like she's trying to bridge the gap between what she's been told is her role and the role that she's more comfortable in and like finding balance between those the dual sides of that. That's like not necessarily one thing or the other. Like we can be both if we you know want to. Well, as far as um, that the dual aspects of what they both are, though, even though they're kind of doing the same thing in a certain way, what I I really liked thematically or interested that I thought was interesting, I was digging into was like how the predator represents. He's like the Klingon. It's like the sort of the the honor behind the hunt almost. Well, I don't specifically know that about Klingons actually, but you know, it's what I meant. Where it's like hunting as sport. Versus they make a really specific, uh, yeah, they, they make it really specifically known in this one when uh, her mom mentions, like, when she's all about, oh, I got to do this, I got to do this, for you know, for blah, blah, blah. she's like, no, remember, like, we hunt to survive. So they're very clear to make that distinguishment. Um, I, yeah, I like that. I thought it was good stuff to chew on. Yeah, and that kind of, like, goes into, I think, some of the, like, authenticity of uh, displaying like native culture in that, um, you know, things are done in a balance, um, and everything has a practical purpose and, and it's not, uh, barbaric by any means, you know, because, uh, that's just the, the stereotype, uh, often depicted in, in your old cowboy and Indian films, you know, just like barbarism and, and, uh, being, uh, considered a savage and all these things, but like native people, um, 
uh, try to live in balance with with nature and only use what they need and use all of it, you know? Yeah, there was a great, I think there's a great moment that actually highlights that um, for me when it was... Um, Anytime they did their their war yell, like it it wasn't you know it was it was like I got it as this like um this like honorable like fervor or like this 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 sort of like uh I don't know c- coming from the self you know it wasn't like but then but then when when the uh, the the white man the uh, as they're called in Ace Ventura when nature calls Equensu Ocha when they all the French guys were there and like. Uh, when they had them captured in the cages and stuff and when they were yelling in that context you could see like those guys were like oh savages almost when they're screaming and yelling so i yeah i I really like that and helped call that out yeah yeah and the irony of like probably the most savage and disrespectful thing in the film is the 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 trappers the just laying waste to all of these bison and 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 not using them for anything but their pelt which is just such a gross sort of reality of what was going on in the time yeah and really does sort of emphasize how just how shitty the white people coming in like and just like being like yeah we can do whatever we want we can like just you know we can hunt and trap and do whatever and not really give a shit about like respecting the land or the the animals or anything yeah. which is a pretty stark difference from from the the indigenous uh group in this one in particular um, um well uh i'll pose to you denise how about anything else uh that especially stood out to you about this film that we may not have touched on um, I really love seeing the the medicine, the medicine use, you know, the 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 knowledge of of plants and and finding those remedies. And um, uh, well, there was one scene where uh, she fell in that mud and I and that, that made me think automatically of like Arnold, you know, covered up in in the cool mud. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, maybe that's how they're go- she's going to like hide herself from him and how he won't detect her. But it but learning about the flower, the orange flower and and taking that medicine and that cooling the blood. I thought that was a a really cool, uh, uh, literally uh, a very cool highlight of, (laughs) of medicinal plants and, and, and that knowledge, you know, that wisdom of that. And that's, I mean, that's just something that I, that I enjoy learning. I love learning about ancestral plants and things like that. So uh, that was one of my favorite parts. And it was cool how uh, they they put that up against the predator doing his uh, sealing of wounds, right? <laughs> sort of yeah, his own method. Yeah, totally. Uh, do you what, do you think they like? Uh, w- did they just kind of get that in spirit, or is that like an actual flower? <laughs> do you know? I don't know about that flower, so I'd have to do a little bit of research. But uh, and there might be a okay. little bit of um, you know, I know about like different. Um, to make like salves and poultices and things like that to to help with wounds, but the actual like cooling effect on the body, uh, maybe you know, like uh, you can think of like aspirin being derived from like willow bark mm. or something, and that uh, ends up bringing down a fever. So um, it probably isn't isn't too far away from the truth. Um, how about a uh, favorite scene or scenes that stood out? Oh man, um, when she. 
the the whole bear thing, like getting trapped under all that uh, under all those <laughs> little wood, you know, the logs and things. That one had me. That that one was like a, that was a nail biter for sure. That's an intense scene. Yeah, it was a beaver dam, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was it was to have that kind of like from her point of view the ferocity. Yeah, of it, I thought it was done particularly well. Absolutely. Yeah. That, I think that's one of my favorite too, because it's, I think again, and I'll get around to this uh, probably a couple of times, like this movie doesn't necessarily need to be a Predator mo- movie. That scene alone proves it. I mean, I get, I like that it's actually, you know, that it is a Predator movie because you get that scene and then you get one step further with the Predator grabbing the bear and you go oh shit yeah because like, nature's already brutal. really in trouble yeah. right right so i i love all of that yeah well i mean that that was for me the scene where i was glad it was a predator movie because it felt like i was watching like a predator comic book i might have seen as a kid mm. or something where it's just like a scene where you get predator versus bear fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> This is great. I think my like standout scene was just the foggy forest scene. It had a great pacing to it. The featuring of the ninja stars, as you called it, Denise, <laughs> where I thought that was like the perfect embodiment of what the predator, I don't know, kind of what it represents or is for me, where it's like this middle ground between high tech and low tech, if you will, yeah. quote unquote. Uh, so to have that, that's the, 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 the physicality of the simple ninja stars, but it has some crazy, like how it seeks them out or just goes to different levels on its own and cuts them up. Uh, that was great. Great. And the, the mood of it all in the fog, jumping through the trees, like, here we go. This is it. I all the it. weapons in this one were really cool. Like the shield thing that, that sort of is like a fan, like it unravels. I really thought, like, I don't feel like I've seen that one before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the spear that, like, is, it, it, it like, what, extends, extends as yeah. well, it, like, it is really cool. I don't remember seeing that before. Mm-hmm. I think I saw that one in Alien versus Predator. I think that one, that one was featured in, in, in the Alien versus okay. Predator version. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's fresh on my mind. But I, I really like that there's this kind of, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, continuing on with new designs and like there's the moment with that spiral shield thing where she like he he's about to essentially cut her head off with it and it like gets caught she's like in between the rocks and it gets caught there but it's like getting close like that's that moment is just so well done and so intense. Like the, all the usage of these little devices and weapons and stuff in this one, I thought was really, really cool. And especially when you're putting it up against quote unquote primitive weaponry of, of, of the indigenous group. Like, like they still kind of hold their own. Yeah. Which is really fun to watch. And I mean, and she's inventive, right? Like she makes this, what would you call it? It's like sort a of retractable like a hatchet grappling, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Grappling hatchet. Mm. Retractable hatchet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's awesome looking. Uh, yes. There's something cool about the like, I, I don't know, uh, just setting it in this time inherently makes the the weaponry interesting. And even to set yeah. it during the 1700s, so you have the early guns that are in it too. Right. I mean, they're reloading them, God, but it takes slow. forever. Yeah. How slow that process. I I do like that 
you have uh, this you know this history fleshed out a little more because in the other in the other films when they try to give you like a backstory of how how much time they've spent on 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 earth and how they've influenced all these ancient cultures because you know they've been around for like ancient Cambodia and like ancient in the Aztec empire and all of that and but you don't really get to see that fleshed out as much uh to see it like actually how it's impacting these early civilizations, these early peoples is 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 a lot a lot cooler than just seeing a little flashback or whatever. Also, just I love the idea that like because I think we often forget or don't even realize that like humans as we are, like no different in terms of biology, right? Like intelligence, biology, all of those things have been around for three hundred thousand years. Like, that's a really long time. And so to think that in this world, predators have been dropping by <laughs> <laughs> for for potentially 300,000 years is so cool to think about. And so for us to get to see, I mean, granted, it's only a couple hundred years ago for us, but like even getting to sort of, you know, knock on the door of that concept and like how lore from events in, you know, among people who have been around for, you know, like, uh, what do you call it? Like mm. um, cultures that have been around for millennia that we don't know anything about, right? Like we're too, we're too removed from them or, or there's not a way for us to like, there's no, uh, you know, there's no handbook that was passed down. So it's all, you know, it's all just stories. It's all oral traditions. Yeah. Exactly. And that, and, and like to think of, like, I think about all fantasy is such an, a cool idea that, like, you know, why why we have dragons or, like, in any culture, why we have these creatures and what could have originally been the, the, the thing that made those stories evolve into what they evolved into. But this is sort of saying um, it's, it's almost not doing the opposite, but it's like <laughs> it's showing us that, well— in this world, that oral tradition and those 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 myths, so to speak, in this case, was an actual alien monster. And like, all right, I'm into that. And that's not really that far removed from like the reality that there's many indigenous cultures that have stories about star people, sky people. You know, you have that right. that in the in the mythology of like the Hopi, the Zuni, and and um, uh, Lakota people and and so many different uh, native cultures. So it's like, um, why not play with those concepts and, and create this really intense hunter, uh, you know, creature out of those out of those ideas? Yeah. I mean, to set them in any time, too, I'd watch Predator versus Cavemen straight up i would watch <laughs> you think too like he he deals the the predator deals with the bear and the wolf just as like all right they're almost you know almost like the, they're they're just all creatures in, including people in a way you know it's aside the point like it makes me wonder if they were going back as far as dinosaur times could you have oh, a, a predator movie that's from the point of view of the predator just <laughs> fighting dinosaurs and be so cool that's a really cool idea by the way like can you imagine a, like we haven't really seen a predator movie where the predator is the protagonist and to have 
drop predator i'm sure there's probably comic books and such that yeah. do this yeah, yeah, yeah but like dropping them into you know prehistoric times and like we get to see them just have to try to survive is such a cool concept so like on both fronts like this movie's doing those things like this sort of this like what do i want to see the predator do like this one is doing that yeah yeah well, well, in watching, um, doing a little bit of my little research and watching, finally watching the Predator versus Alien, uh, I feel like Predator is the protagonist in those because the aliens, yeah. those xenomorphs, man, those guys get out of hand fast and they replicate fast <laughs> yeah. and they will destroy anything. And then, you know, not not to go too often into a tangent, but like that, I was definitely rooting for for a predator in 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 that movie because that's just that's true over the top in the man. first alien versus predator yeah. right isn't they kind of team up right like predator and the the scientist woman yeah yeah by totally. the end they're kind of like tag teaming it yep they're running together she's got the she's say, got the though. war paint she's got the 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 scar to, <laughs> to prove she's one of them yeah that's right. That was that was pretty dope. I, I actually enjoyed it a lot. I, I think I had tried to watch it when it first came out, and then I just kind of lost interest in the first half hour. Mm-hmm. But I, I gave it a go this time, and I'm like, you know what? This is actually pretty entertaining. I I did enjoy that one. Maybe now they're nostalgic. I should revisit them. Cause yeah, I did not enjoy them. At the time. Requiem, <laughs> not as much. That's exactly it. They're fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, for for this film, I guess uh, almost tied with the force scene, I did love the ending and uh, the final climactic showdown we had. And a, a, a term we, uh, we, we use here, it's fun, uh, instead of promise of the premise screenwriting terms, we say our uh, similar alliteration, pursuing potent possibilities. What can you only do in this film and in this ending? As soon as they set up like her dog companion, I'm like, that dog, well, first I hope it doesn't die, but that I was very yeah. concerned. <laughs> it better like play a part in some moment in the right. ending. So to have it hand off the axe to her is just gave me that little, <laughs> yeah, I got it thrill. Yeah. And then um also this movie was just a good reminder to me. I'm always like, surprise me, do the unexpected, da 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 da, which, you know, great. But I realized that's sort of has its place and here when the movie started and she's first getting kind of like talked down to by a tribe or whatever um i i just wanted that moment where it's like i saw the moment already where she comes back with the predator head yeah. throws it down and just to actually get that i'm like okay you know what ryan just me talking to myself sometimes audience uh audience moments you want that you expect it's it's it is good. Catharsis is fun, man. We <laughs> yeah. we we yearn for it. Yeah. Give the people really what they love want. To yeah, I I love the the I guess it's sort of the penultimate fight scene where where her brother is still alive. Like that whole sequence mm. of the two of them fighting the predator because it really does feel like they're screwed. Like how could they possibly you know beat this this creature? But that scene, I'm like, okay, I, I'm with them. Like, yeah, they, they've got a chance. This is amazing and legit. And like, and they, you know, he he has to die for for them to win out. And that makes sense, right? Because they're the odds are so stacked against them. Yeah. But like the action in that scene in particular, I thought was really, really impressive. Um, it's the triumph of yeah, the Yeah, no, spirit. good job of, uh, oh, wait, sorry, what? I said it's the triumph of the spirit right there. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
Yes, a guy like you just said, Tim, the good job I thought of making the predator like just threatening enough. Where that's like a key thing with the predator, where it's like the 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 poster line in these movies. If it bleeds, you can kill it, right? <laughs> they but said that the in the film too, it. right? Yeah, yeah. I think they great. did say that. Yeah. yeah, it's applicable. Um, but to yeah, no, just set up. At the same time, you're setting up. It can kill a bear. You're also setting up. It uh, it does bleed and you can like, you know, really, you know, get a gash into it and it will feel pain. But then as soon as it establishes that, it establishes, oh, but it can heal itself really quickly. So this is really good showing like, OK, maybe we can do it. It's just enough of that fighting chance. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but in those circumstances, it's like they have no choice but to fight it. There's literally nothing for them to do. So you just got to go go out you know, kicking and screaming and doing what you can. Right. That was pretty cool. I just didn't, I I mean, obviously, but it is just a story of generally where it's like, you got to kill the lion because it's a threat to us because it's roaming the area. Kill the bear because it's roaming the area threat to us. Got to kill the predator. It's it's roaming (laughs) the area. (laughs) I mean, she, she cuts his arm off, right? I mean, like, that's pretty intense. That's, I mean, I don't feel like... Well, I mean, granted, I'm saying this not having watched. I mean, I've watched the original Predator so many times, but the other ones I haven't watched much. But I don't remember another Predator getting kind of beat up as much as this one, which is, I think, critical to the story working, too. Also, the conceit that he's not going to hunt them if they're not able to fight back. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important thing, and that, and then lastly, like the it's not brute force, right? Like I think that's a key component to predator movies. Like how you beat the predator is you have to outwit it, and like yeah, I think it's really nice to see because there's all these claims, you know, when you have female led movies, there's all these bros out there who are who are fragile about it and say like oh, she's just a Mary Sue, she's good at everything, blah, blah, blah. And that's not really what's going on here, which I like. It's like, she's just piecing together the logic of the situation and she outsmarts him. Like, she figures it out. And, like, I think it's really cool to sort of uh, dismantle these, these, like, toxic notions of, like, oh, well, women can't do that anyway, so you have to, like, imbue them in these stories with, like, special skills. It's like, no, she's just good at what she does she and wasn't not blinded by good. her ego like like her like her tribes uh people like you know they were just like all about their ego and she's like no like there's something else out there and you're not listening to me mm, mm-hmm. yeah her strength really is like her um her her what do you call it like her uh, ability to do multiple things so she's got that going on and just her basic observation like lack of ego like willingness to just like assess what's going Mm -hmm. on and sort of go hey like maybe we should think about this (laughs) (laughs) you know i mean the only ego thing she has in her is just to say that she wants to be given the opportunity to prove herself but i don't even know if i would call that ego so much as just like trying to establish some equality totally right yeah, so I, I think the writing of the character is really good. Um, 
and like the solve like the way she figures it out uh, and it works out like with this with the what would you call the 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 honing honing arrows mm -hmm. i guess is what you would call them and like you know setting up a trap it's still staying in that sort of land that we i think from the original predator appreciate this like set the trap see if it works hope for the best yeah it's cool it was it was cool it was unique to it felt like amongst the others where uh, it's just my memory of where it's like they usually kill the predator in some more like T-1000 way or, you know, <laughs> the, the log smashing it or whatever. Right. It's got to be some big. But this one seemed like a good she she uh, she's hurting it gradually leading up to the final blow. It was cool. It's a real, real, real little fracas out of it. Um, well, uh, you two, anything else that you want to say worked for you? Forever hold your peace. Um, oh, I was reading somewhere about how the brother character is supposed to be like the ancestor of um, of Sonny, the, the, the Native American character that's in the first film. Because there's like a scene in the first film where, you know, he's a tracker and... So they like kind of tie those two together. It's like a, a ancestral lineage thing there that I I think is kind of cool. That is cool, yeah. Yeah. Fun uh fun links to the trilogy. If you're a fan and the filmmaker or the filmmakers when they're fans of the film, always always nice. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> I have some other little tidbits like that actually. I'll save for things of note here, but anyway. I, my last thing is just thematically something that I was thinking about. I don't know. I mean, I feel like you can't do this movie without like as a director and a writer you it would it would be hard to not at least be thinking about these things um but the sort of concept of colonialization and like the invasion of the outsider into an indigenous culture's land like stuck out a lot and i don't mean i mean you obviously have it with with the like french and and white dudes that are around but i mean specifically like the predator feels like a good representation of that theme because like colonizers they're just showing up and sort of doing whatever they please for the sake of their desires and that's a really like shitty thing right like and so i kept just throughout the movie kind of constantly thinking about that that idea that like the predator really does feel like this kind of you know personification of that concept and it's it was cathartic to see the the you know the the inhabitants of the actual land be the ones who win out against that thing, like that that seemingly immovable force that is gonna, you know, that shows up and just sort of stamps out whatever is there for, honestly, I mean, for pleasure in this case, or pleasure for whatever, for its own, you know, sake. So I, I, I think it's nice to have these films that, it's not like they're they're not pointing at it, you know, they're not like, laying it on really thick or, or or trying to sort of make a point outwardly, but it's just there, like it exists regardless. And I think it's nice to see that. 
Well, it exists there too, in a way. Actually, this is my last thing I had very much going off of that. You reminded me the presence of animals puts all that stuff right in your head too, because it makes you go, okay, yeah, like killing to killing for sport, killing to survive, invading for for these reasons. Okay, well, animals are doing it because. It's instinctual and have uh, different kinds of consciousness. But wait, is that a different kinds of co- consciousness? Are we just doing it instinctually too? It just, all that was there just by like having the dog, having the bear, having the snake, all that stuff. Um, great. <laughs> well, anything else for me, Denise? What um, worked? Yeah, I, I I think we covered a lot of a lot of. Uh, we're able to extract these uh, other concepts out of it, and like you said, it's not heavy handed, but. If you have any like uh, observational <laughs> and the uh, skill, you can you can get that feeling from there and know like, oh yeah, this is basically what uh, colonialism is. Well, what what did you get out of it in that sense that worked for you? Um, I mean, it's just satisfying to see to see them able to 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 stand their ground and to preserve their mm. to preserve their their culture, their land, and their and their people and you know fight off this whatever this this uh force this they i mean we don't they don't understand it yet you know and there's so much um of the like mythology and all of that that um really builds it into this real big beast but then to actually see it come to you and then have to deal with it face to face cuz you know they have all their tails and everything but they really had to go up 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 against it and to come out victorious was was great it was great to see that um great well with all that accentuating the positive fortunately we can't stay there for we have another section let's get to it here we go what did not work it's not ready yet seems to work okay no something important's missing what did not work <laughs> Oh, man, I'm just, I'm not a fan of the CG stuff as much. There, There's definitely a place for it. Um, like the, the mountain lion scene is just so, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm just from, I'm from the old school. I want to see like, I, I don't think that animatronics would, you know, be a good place for that. But I just, I don't know what I was expecting. Um, and that just... Uh, it's just not not my favorite but but I know that that scene was important just just so that you can understand uh how how brutal how brutal it is to to live on the land like that and and to understand just the daily life uh in that time you know it's it's funny that's like all the the first stuff I had down here and what didn't work for me it's like we're just there's moments where it felt more like watching a Pixar movie or something. Yeah. And I just I don't know. I feel like I'm just an older viewer now or something. I just can't yeah. engage the same. Like, I mean, in, in a couple places, like the Predator itself, I was so stoked for like I saw some behind the scenes footage of like the practical guy that they made. But then yeah. in the movie, anytime you see saw it, I'm like, wait, that this looks like the CG Predator there. I mean, right. of course it's invisible. I think they add like a little face. a little layer on top of of it and that like that didn't bother me too much but yeah that scene it felt very much like i'm just watching like a disney film 
Well, yeah, the one, I mean, yeah, the, the one I want to mention that's not the predator is the shot where, like I say, I liked the presence of the animals, but mm-hmm. when it was that one, and it's a cool idea of what, where it's like the ant gets eaten by the rat or the mouse, and then that oh. gets eaten by the snake, and then the predator kills the snake. It's like, cool, I get what we're doing, but just to have that staging where it's just all like a cartoon, mm-hmm. like I feel like you could maybe get rid of one of those steps and if it had real animals or is at least a sort of replicated to be just more like you're actually shooting it. I mean, it's there in the movie, but you don't have to like cartoonize. There yeah. it is, guys. I don't know. So, and then just that all kind of is just the same point as and where I do just feel weird. Like, even though there's there's so much with how it looks where the minimal um, like lighting and um, yeah, to make it look authentic or moody or whatever. It still just feels like, like it looks slick. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just for this movie that doesn't mm-hmm. feel right. Um, so all that. Yeah. There's something, I don't know what it is. And I, I was, I think my biggest issue is along those same lines, but it's a little bit, it's, it's, I think it's a limitation that it has been placed on streaming movies, right? Because this is not something that was released in the theater. They're going to put it on Hulu that's accessible. And, you know, I'm sure it had some sort of violence rating or something like that at the front. But I think there's a large limitation that gets put onto these films at the onset where they say, look, this is going to be accessible to anybody who has Hulu. And so we have to hedge our bets a little bit with like the gore or with like gratuity, at, you know, at large. And I think that there's a almost like a domino effect within that, that they start putting these limitations on and it's it, it just affects the whole film, the feeling of the film how much they care to invest in how the film looks i think gets affected by it i don't i have no idea what the budget of this is but like their return is so much different than it was 30 years ago right like your your box office return or your expected box office is non-existent right like you're, it's a whole totally different marketplace and so they're taking all of those considerations and i think that we're in a time where we're having to, as people who existed before the streaming realm it, it was the the primary source of media, we're having to grapple with what the type of media that comes through a streaming platform looks like. And I mean literally looks like, but also just sort of figuratively, like what? how does it feel to us? Yeah. And this feels... That's sort of, I think, why we all kind of were like, yeah, it's a good stream because it feels like a movie you that belongs on a streaming platform by design, right? Like that's how they made it and and for no other platform. And so it just – I think that just – it kind of gets into every decision of the filmmaking and I personally – like that feeling I get from those movies is not great. And I think you're good at uh, pointing out its decision and not necessarily budget. Like there there has to be a safety to it. Because I'm like, for the same amount, they can use a different camera or whatever, whatever differently. Or, I mean, the one that really killed me, this was the other really big thing. I was curious how you guys felt about it. But like... 
go for broke. I don't know. Go have it actually be in the original language or speaking Comanche or whatever it's called. Like there's the dub for it on Hulu. And I tried that for like oh, a minute no. and it just looks like a bad dub. I don't know. And but the, the way they presented that was like, oh, we took the effort to do a Comanche dub of the film. But I'm like, well, why not just do the movie that way? Because that I don't know, that would really put me in the reality of it, too. Like I feel like plopped down in time. Like, go Robert Eggers on us, you know? But a bean counter at the studio is just going to say no. They're going to say that's not cost efficient. Like, A, to to have all of the the actors, like, and everybody on set that would that you would need to do that right. They'd say just, no, we're not paying for that. Why why bother? And also you you the the perceived limitation on audience. Right. Right. That that, that it's going to automatically alienate a certain Don't amount want to of challenge percentage the viewer, of people. Right. Yeah. Which may or may not be true. But the, the mindset is that that's there's a certitude about that mm-hmm. from the bean counter kind of mindset. I mean, I get why they do it, Tim. I just <laughs> I don't, I'm not saying I disagree with you. I, but, yeah, we know we know why they don't go there often. It like works so well in Apocalypto. Anything that does it. It's just totally, so cool. Totally, totally. Yeah. <laughs> well, it seems like we're all on the same page with those things, but anything else? I had a story thing. I a couple little things, but one in particular that really stood out is like <laughs> I think it happens three times where the lead character is is in in a, a dire situation and off in the distance the predator is like making noise and shining lights and and blowing stuff up and i'm like that seems really weird to me it happens like up on the hill when she's been trapped by the french guys it happens when she's on the branch with the with the lion i think it happens one other time and I'm just sort of like, that seems really cheap. That seems like a cheap writing device to like, it's it's a little, what's the term, uh, deus ex machina, where it's sort of like, you know, she gets out of the situation because suddenly some other, you know, mm. abstract thing happens. And it's less abstract in this case because it's the predator. But like, what the hell's the predator doing over there making all sorts of noise and shit? Like what like what's the justification for this? Cause it feels really weird and just like out of the blue. And and not to the the character of the predator. Like the whole he's he's cloaked the whole time. Right? Like, why is he making so much noise and blowing stuff up out in the middle of the woods? <laughs> well, he's the primitive Silent form, disco. right? He he doesn't have the experience. And he's That's not, true. he's okay. not, you know, he's a newbie. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe he doesn't, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't have the strategies yet. He doesn't have the experience. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's just kind of winging it. Okay. Yeah. I also, could get behind that. I also realized they're very uh, expressive beings, or at least this predator was all on his own. He's probably like own, a teenager. He's probably be. like a teenager. He's got like hormone issues. Yeah. He's like going through his yeah. emotions. <laughs> but he's, yeah. He's 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 like moody amongst himself where the the predator clicking will do all on his own. So it's just like I'm here by myself. Click a click a click. He's like, but you know, much like much like how his character is mirroring her, you know, maybe he came to Earth to prove to his family like, you know what, guys, 
I'm going to be the best hunter there ever was. And then he, you know, he's just going through his thing. So that's probably what's maybe, happening yeah, with him. Maybe he's, his teenage he's like angst. super teen angsty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's just like in the woods, like stomping back and forth, blowing up stuff, being like, <laughs> totally. mom and dad put me on earth, but I really wanted to be on this other planet. <laughs> Damn, they suck. I hate them. Yeah. I should kill the bear. I'll show him. <laughs> yeah. um, All right. Great. I like that justification. I just would have liked to have seen that in the movie. Like, give me a little angst, <laughs> teen angst. Yeah. Scene. <laughs> so sh- show some humility. Um, yeah, that's that's all I had. I got I got things of note though. Are you guys ready for that section? Anything else for what did not work? Uh, you know the 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 montages and all that. Uh, you kind of need it. So some of them can be kind of cheesy, but you kind of need it. So mm. her learning how to how to. Yeah. You know, use her little her little weapon that she made with the rope and everything. Braiding the rope that was kind of cool though, but that's not. Yeah. I should have mentioned that earlier. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I would say um, you know the montage thing is corny but expected and kind of necessary. Oh, that made me think of something. Wait, what was it? Um, uh, 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 damn, it came and it went into my brain and out. So maybe I'll remember it. But All right, whatever. Well, that will be a thing of note if you remember Possibly. it. Then. So here we go. <laughs> Things of note. Things of note! (laughs) This should be interesting. I kind of had the question for you guys, like, Tim, when you were talking about, um, you know, reminding us how long humans have been intelligent and like this and been around. It really makes me wonder, though, yeah, even though your their intelligence, our intelligence may have been the same, does like how much does our social interaction or kind of rapport, like how much has that been the same? Like at the like when at the beginning when she's talking about, oh, I saw these footprints, it definitely wasn't a bear. And they kind of like look at each other, you know, the brother and everyone else, like, yeah, right. You know, is that is that something that th- they do like is that or is that unique to our times and our people? Or is that something we've always done? I don't know. I'd be curious. Yeah, that that to me just seems like a human thing to do. Because that because it's, it's those guys and they're just in their ego, right? Because they don't want a woman or a young girl to know more than them. So, or for her to have critical thinking skills, you know? So uh, that just seems like in general, like a human, a human behavior, not specific to culture and i think that's kind of how they i I think that's how the movie is trying to also portray um indigenous culture like there's people are people like you know like you said people are people so that makes me yeah so i remember what i was going to say and so it is it is more of a question than a than a thing that didn't work so along those same lines the way so the actress that they cast is very expressive and and like i think she's doing a really good job with like inner life like i feel like we get a lot of inner life from her whereas all of the men like her brother her brother's okay like maybe a little less so but almost everybody else is so stoic and like almost emotionless or leaning toward this sort of like stoic hard 
ness, I guess. Or like a little one note. So Yeah, and where... I'm wondering, we've seen that depiction of, of Native Americans in Hollywood a lot. And I, I couldn't quite get a gauge as to like, well, I've, I have no idea, actually. I mean, is is that depiction a product of bad previous depictions or simplified previous depictions? Or is that sort of a, a known quality that has historically been, you know, talked about or written about? for the men of of native american tribes to to have this particular stoicism mm. because like another you know another movie that depicts plains native americans uh dances with wolves you don't like they're very expressive right like the actors the way it's depicted i'm not saying that's accurate i'm just saying we've seen an example of it where it's not this like really rigid, stoic, hard sort of you know unwavering thing, and I'm I just don't know whether or not I, I felt like I wanted them to be more expressive as humans, and I was caught up in mm. wondering what was motivating the choice for them to be the way they were in this particular film, with you know not much knowledge as to what the answer may be. Yeah, I think I think just because uh, the characters are warriors, you know, I think that's just like the game face kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, specific to their task and their role in in society in their in their tribe. Um, like I'm, I I don't have a connection to uh, my tribe ancestry. I know that I'm descended from First Nation Apache and and all, but I'm essentially detribalized so i don't know what that dynamic is but i do know that um even within like chicano mexican indigenous upbringing um you know the men are stoic in that way so um so i you know i think i think there's some truth to that but i think i i do yeah. think of specifically them being warriors and that's just kind of like necessary and because the relationship of the brother and sister is what creates their their dynamic to be more open emotionally with each other is probably why you see more expression in the brother than the other you know the yeah. other um characters that makes sense yeah and i guess just from the filmmaking point of view it seemed like it was just the story perspective was this kind of like her 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 you know right so i right. could kind of see totally just narrowing it to that in sort of character moments and whatnot which yeah. gave it a good kind of clip to it um i was also wondering yeah you brought up earlier denise maybe you were kind of getting at this too uh and tim we've talked about this in our phenomenon episode remember we talked all about the chimpanzee and i brought up <laughs> like yes. very mixed feelings about using animals in film where that's you know one side of it is kind of like are you exploiting them so you just let them be like animal handlers do i actually do they actually have a sense that feels fair of what an animal can do that's fair to the animal pay scale right (laughs) or (laughs) just now that cg is good enough for most people or whatever even though I really don't like it, is that just the route we got to take? So I don't know. And Denise, I'd be curious to hear from you a lot. Like, what do you think of just where we're at 
with using animals almost like at all in films? Like, do we know they, do they want to be in them? Is it okay? I mean, all that. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, in this case, it's a wild creature. They're depicting, you know, nature at its most brutal form. So you can't really do like a real animal without actually creating a liability there. So I, I think, I think this is kind of the, the, the wave, right? And uh, I, I guess as technology gets more advanced, uh, it'll look cooler, but you know, at least they did do, like you were saying, they changed the lighting, they made it a little more moody so that it's kind of like um, kind of a, it's a, it's a, a little veil over the the way that scenery looked and it didn't look as cartoony because of that because of the you know the lighting and all that but um i think you just got to accept that that's just the wave that it's going to be fake you know i mean we we go into a movie knowing that it's fake anyway so i guess that's just part of the what what to expect in the future But what about like, let's say it's the shot of a bear or the mountain lion and it's just walking from point A to B or like going across the river? Uh, in that case, I think I think that's fine, too, because it's like a documentary at that point. Then you're just getting it in its natural habitat. But um, but getting it to like interact and imposing your will onto the animal to get it to do something that it probably wouldn't do on its own is, you know, that's a that's a. Mm, that's an ethical ethical question i guess in in a sense i mean oh or, well, i'm gonna narrow it <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna narrow it even more because that is i think the interesting ethical question i'm getting at you know when i what i posed you responded to as if yeah you're just shooting it in its natural environment going from point a to b but let's say the mountain lion was like a movie mountain lion that was been trained to go from point a to b you know on cue but what what if why are we training mountain lions to do these things, you know? Like what <laughs> what what's the point of that? So uh I don't yeah, know. Leave this the is mountain just, lions alone. Just uh yeah. you know how about with the the dog who probably likes being around people and was getting treats and all dogs that. Dogs are already kind of domesticated, you know. That dog uh, oh that dog had like a little bit of a I don't know, he kind of reminded me of like a sholo, like a you know, some type of native a dog kind of had that look to him um but yeah dogs are you know they're already kind of uh domesticated and uh they they instinctually like having a a pack leader and all of that so i guess to a lesser degree there but uh yeah uh not not wild not animals that'll fuck you up like i just (laughs) i don't see i mean you're just you're playing with fire there it's like that what's that guy the grizzly man you know that guy was out there living Uh, in the tents and shit and and, uh, cuddling with his bears and what happened you know he he acted like he had this great relationship with them and then you know he was he was lunch so uh, uh, that's a, a tragic <laughs> yes. story. Uh, that uh, Werner Herzog, uh, Grizzly Grizzly Man. That's the name of that one, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, well, do you think like a Homeward Bound should be made today with no CG? <laughs> I don't think I've even seen those. It's a it's a quality of life thing. Quality of life, right? Like yeah. dogs have been bred to be reliant on human, human yeah. like connection, right? So. It's it's enha- it's not enhanced, but it's maintaining their a good quality of life for them in those circumstances. So I feel like dogs, you kind of have to they, they they're in their own category. Yeah. Anything else? 
So there's yeah. more than just dogs and Homeward Bound, Tim. There's a cat. I know. Cats are willful, cats, man. They're they're are, they're closer to yeah, they're their on their own their uh, wildness, you know. Than <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got three of them, so I already know. Uh, they, they, I so just you read can't a thing really... that said that basically cats are still just wild animals yeah. living in your house. Well, so that's that's my point. You didn't <laughs> it, would you not include it then in the dogs and Homeward Bound? No. So if you were doing Homeward Bound, you'd say, "All right, real dogs, okay. We're CGing the cat." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now CG cat I can get behind. CG cats are We've seen <laughs> with the some exception good of ones. Garfield. Uh <laughs> yeah. really awful. As a Garfield fan, that one was really awful. But uh I mean yeah. Cats, the movie. Look how good that turned out. Is that a, is that worth a rent or a stream? Because I do it's worth a buy. For I me. do like Idris Elba, I will say. <laughs> well, who doesn't? Great. Uh, anything uh, that you brought to the table here for things of note? Um, well, the you know, I might have I might have been uh, too high, but uh, uh, when the buffalo are all on the on the plane now, were they mutilated? See, this is maybe a, a, a part that I should have re- rewound, but were they mutilated from from Predator or were were they those from the fur trappers? It's totally fur trappers. Um, but that made me think of um, this one. Uh, you know, I get into all the conspiracy uh, platforms and like uh, there's this one journalist, Linda Moulton Howe, who talks about like the cattle mutilations and all that and mm-hmm. tying mm-hmm. that to like alien uh, or what does she call them? Um, extraterrestrial. I forget what there's like a acronym for it, but. I you know I thought about I thought about that and and crop circles and all these kinds of things. So um, if you want to, uh, I guess research more on how uh, alien activity <laughs> has been uh, connected to like I don't know phenomenon on Earth. Uh, I, I suggest checking her out. She's got like Emmy awards for her documentaries, and there's one called a uh, strange. A strange harvest because they were they were finding mm. uh, buffalo and cow and I don't know what else with like uh, body um, with organs removed and like no kind of um, incisions no some kind of weird technology was removing their organs so I thought of that when I saw the scene I'm like oh this is making me think of this documentary or whatever so but it's the fur trappers so this has absolutely nothing to do with that. But if you're into those things, check her out. But it's a cool overlap, Wait, right? and what was the name? Uh, Linda Moulton Howe. She's like a, a journalist. She talks about all kinds of stuff, like a holographic universe and alien, uh, you know, alien, ancient alien type of theories and things like that. I've been I've been watching The, the Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, which oh, yeah. talks a lot about that stuff, too. It's fun. All right. Well, I have some uh, just fun little tidbit things of notes, which were found on our wikipedia here yes the reincarnation of tabe how you say his name the brother mm-hmm. is uh is well is reincarnated apparently in predator which uh i mean hey why not yeah <laughs> cool um but then we got some more links to the originals which is fun or the rest of the lore 
where the uh, I guess he's more like the Italian guy out of the fur trappers. I think the one that wants to get healed. Mm. He has the gun that he gives her, and apparently the engraving on the gun reveals it's the same weapon that the Predator gives to character Mike Harrigan in 1997 during Predator 2. Yes, Danny Glover. (laughs) And um, yeah, so that's all. uh, That character was introduced in a prequel comic called Predator 1718, which I believe this was set in 1719. So this character in this film just had a whole other adventure with the Predators. That's why when he's speaking about the Predator, like, oh, what do you know about it? Da, 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 da. He's not just speaking about him and the fur trappers have been dealing with it, but also he had this whole other adventure that looks like it was more like, I don't know, kind of pirate themed or something or like on an island somewhere. Anyway, so they might do a movie based off of that, which would be very cool. Exciting. The the Prediverse. Yeah. And I just want to mention when you're talking about the movie based on the Predator's point of view that probably exists in comics, I was just flashing back to, yes, I, I'm an alien person in the end. Like, I'll buy the alien quadrilogy over and over, not the Predator Oh, one, yeah, probably. totally. Um, yeah, but uh, I was a huge fan of the games as a kid. Like, middle oh. school era, they had Aliens versus Predator for Jaguar. Then they had it for Computer, where you could play as any, like, alien, predator, or marine. And it was uh, the greatest oh, in the I world. I missed those. So <laughs> there's my pre-recommendation recommendation. Track down those old Alien versus Predator games. <laughs> play as the Predator there. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, then maybe we can move to our official <laughs> recommendations. <laughs> let's let's end with you, Denise. Give you the final word, Tim. How about you? I revisited a film from I'm pretty sure it's 1961. It's the last film, I believe it's the last film that Marilyn Monroe and Clark Gable were in. Period. They're both in it, as well as Montgomery Cliff, who died pretty soon after as well. But I think he maybe had one other film or something like that. Um, But it's called The Misfits. And I don't know why. Just like it it popped into my head. It's it's sort of it's sort of hard to describe. It's like it's a little slice of lifey, I guess. But these three characters kind of happen upon each other in Nevada. And like they go on this kind of adventure. It's 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 really interesting. It's 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 John Houston. So it's beautifully created in in all respects and like those three characters those three actors in particular are just so charismatic and like so unique and like iconic to see all three of them in one film doing this kind of cowboy thing is really cool so i don't know go check it out the misfits the misfits great i will recommend dead on Disney Plus, the documentary series all about industrial light and magic called Light and Magic. It's you must have watched it, Tim, right? You yeah. ate that up, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. It's just about, I mean, just what we were talking about, having an appreciation and love for the I guess old school now special effects or the effects that still exist that then just get CG'd over where there's the real magic. Uh, no, I, that's something we talk about a lot. It's, I don't want to say real versus fake magic. They're different. They're different tools. It's complicated. Effective. We've talked about it. A kind that is more viscerally appealing largely and especially if you're going to watch a documentary about it, people building <laughs> <Right>. things <laughs> practically. 
and yeah, they saved all the CG stuff till like the way, way end of the episode. So I was glad about that. And I, that's my hometown. Like oh, I, right. I was yeah. very privileged to get to go there and visit and have family, friends, uh, some people I, I got to meet there, recognize. So yeah, check it out. If uh, you're into light and magic, check out light and magic. Denise, what would you like to recommend dead for our listeners? Well, after watching a, a good number of these films, it made me appreciate the Alien <laughs> franchise a lot more. So um, I, I say just revisit the Alien franchise because uh, there's even Prometheus. I like that one. I like the whole, you know, the just the basic concept behind that and uh, thinking about uh, ancient cultures, talking about how star people came to visit us and meddled with our DNA and help us build all these uh, ancient sites and things like that. So that's, that's the stuff that I enjoy thinking about. And, um, and I don't know, I, I wonder how much, how much uh, alien DNA we might all have right now. And what that even means. Right. Too. Ooh. How much of yeah, it have we unlocked? Uh, how much of it, uh, how much of this is a, a big experiment? They're just going to come back and vaporize us all because we're, <laughs> fucking it all up who knows yeah the, the south park version we're all just one big reality tv show <laughs> <laughs> um yeah cool 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 all right well i think that's it then thank you so much for being here denise it was great to have your uh perspective and opinion on all this thanks for having me do you have anything that you want to shout out oh yeah so uh i i do run a a a plant forward, a uh, plant-based, um, plant-based vegan taco stand. Uh, I do a pop-up in in LA, uh, in Koreatown, on the corner of Beverly Boulevard and Kenmore on Tuesday nights. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Alchemy Organica. I'm doing events or little things. Uh, it's uh, ancestral Mexican indigenous um, indigenous foodways. For primarily, um, and like I said, uh, uh, plant-based. So if you ever want to try a, a good vegan taco, uh, hit me up. Recently featured on Munchies. Check it out on Vice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a Vice Munchies episode on plant-based taco scene in L.A., and, and I'm featured in there, and that was, a, that was a fun little thing to do. And I can second uh, or support that and say uh, excellent, excellent cashew cheese, Good and melty, get the uh, the on the Molita, get the best of all worlds, right? Um, and uh, whenever you're craving something that's just, or you're in the mood for something, it's not like, you know, it's not fast food, it's not even restaurant food. You don't get like the line cook feel where you just want you are. It's important for you that the ingredient is made with care and attention and good ingredients. If that all sounds good, then check it out. Yeah, I'll second that. Amazing. All right. Well, you can find us wherever you found us. Our big ask is you tell a friend. In closing, then, just thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Good. Goodbye. <laughs>